You're listening to ReachMD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Joel Kaplan, retinal specialist, chairman of the board of the Chicago Lighthouse for people who are blind or visually impaired. Thank you, Dr. Kaplan, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Today we're going to be discussing the various programs that this institution offers for people who undergo this disability. Dr. Kaplan, could you tell me a little bit about the Lighthouse? Well, the Lighthouse is the nation's most comprehensive rehabilitation and educational facility for people who are blind or visually impaired. We provide service for approximately 30,000 people directly, and through our outreach programs, we service another 20,000 people. We have 24 programs for people who are blind or visually impaired. We are not a medical facility. We do not provide any specific medical care to any of our uh, clients. We uh, are a rehabilitation facility. We actually take care of people who we say are left behind. In other words, they need service so that they can enhance the quality of their life and are better able to work in society and are able to support themselves and their families. Could you tell me a little bit about some of your programs? Well, we have one program that's called our Birth to Three program. We take care of people from birth to seniors. And the Birth to Three program is for children that are born blind. And that program starts with a teacher going out to the home to really educate the parent because most of the time the child is the first blind individual that the parent really has any close association with. And uh, they need to uh, have support and also need training as to how to raise this child so the child can eventually mainstream in the educational facilities. I'm interested in that in the sense that NICUs, neonative intensive care units, have become very good at taking care of babies 24 to 28 weeks, that is one to two week old babies. We're becoming very successful in getting them to survive. But this, I think, also has added an added burden because many of these children who do survive have visual handicaps. Have you noticed that you're having an increase in this age group because of our success in saving so many of these uh, small babies. Uh, Yes, we definitely have noticed that. And uh, uh, retinopathy of prematurity was felt to be a disease that was understood and controlled many years ago. As you know, it was because of too much oxygen being administered to these infants in the neonatal wards. And uh, even though we now know to curtail the amount of oxygen and to regulate it, the entity still develops uh, because the infants are so much younger when they're born and are able to survive. And so we do have a number of children in our program. We actually have 150, and we have a waiting list of about uh, 75. And if we had more teachers, we would be able to accommodate these families. But uh, right now we're uh, just struggling to uh, provide enough educational personnel to uh, handle the ones we have. What are some of your other 
programs. Besides that, we have an uh, actual school, an accredited school, that we take care of about 35 children ranging in age from uh, 5 to 18. Now, these children are not only blind, but they have other disabilities. They must have a, a more than one uh, disability besides uh, blindness. And uh, this is a program where we uh, practically have one-to-one teaching and uh, aids for these students. These are markedly disabled students. So that's a program that we do, and we're very proud of that fact. We also have a program that we provide all of the reading materials and the computer materials and other learning materials for the blind students throughout the entire state of Illinois. So there are approximately a little over 4,000 blind or visually impaired students in Illinois, and we provide them with all of their school materials, and we house that program on our campus and then send the material out to the individual schools. We also have a program that's called uh, Lighthouse Industries, where we employ people to uh, manufacture various products. We are the sole manufacturer of wall clocks for every government facility in the United States. Uh, We are through an act of Congress called the Wagner-Javits-O'Day Act, have the responsibility of manufacturing and providing wall clocks. And every wall clock that you see in the post office on an aircraft carrier or in the House uh, in Congress or anywhere has been manufactured in uh, the Chicago Lighthouse by blind people. How long has the lighthouse been in existence? The lighthouse is now in its 101 year, and uh, we are uh, the second oldest facility. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Joel Kaplan, who is chairman of the board of the Chicago Lighthouse. We're discussing the various programs that are available to people who are visually impaired. Through the years, it's 101 years old, Dr. Kaplan. Has the focus changed? Has the vision no pun intended, as the vision of your organization changed it all through the years. Uh, tremendously. It was started by a group of very dedicated women who wanted to just uh, provide home service for people that were blind. We have expanded all of the uh, efforts to include employment opportunities, to include training courses for people who are blind, to teach them how to navigate using a uh, cane. We also teach uh, them how to use computers. And in fact, which is interesting, we have a radio station. When you were asking about one of our programs, we have a radio station that we broadcast 24 hours a day throughout the whole country. And uh, We read uh, various newspapers. We have special programs that would be of interest to blind people. We also, interestingly, read the uh, supermarket ads uh, so that the people will know when uh, a certain store is having a sale. Uh, Is the medical community really aware of all the services that you provide? No, and that's a very big problem that we have, and that is one that we really want to improve upon. Many uh, ophthalmologists and optometrists 
are aware of our services, but most doctors are not. And it is really a great problem now because as people are living longer and encountering age-related macular degeneration, which is the largest cause of legal blindness in the United States now, they are going to their family doctors and just not being directed to where they can receive services that would be of benefit to them. How can we get information about the Lighthouse? Well, you can go on the Internet. We are uh, on the Internet. We have a website. You can go to the uh, American uh, Foundation for the Blind. We'll also have that information. And uh, I would like to say that uh, while we're very proud of the Chicago Lighthouse and we do have a lot of services that are available nationally, there are other institutions in other cities that do similar type work. If we, a doctor or a family, called you, you and they're not in the Chicago area, you could direct them to where they geographically could go. Oh, yes, yes. They could go to uh, call us at the Chicago Lighthouse, or they could look up American Foundation for the Blind would also be able to direct them on the Internet. When should a patient who is visually impaired begin to think about rehabilitation for his visual loss? Is it too early, too late? Very often in my practice, I would run across patients who... You didn't want to kill the messenger, and so very often the patient wasn't informed about what might happen 10 years down the road with his particular eye disease. Well, as you know, you can never inform people too early, and one, if if one is forewarned, they are better able to manage it, and the family is better able to cope with the problem. Uh, because it is a problem, especially for older people who uh, develop macular degeneration because they are no longer able to drive and they don't want to give up their wheels until they're actually forced to. So it's good for people to have knowledge about the entity and that it's a slowly progressive a situation usually, but then can have episodes where it progresses quite rapidly. But if the family was aware that they're having a problem, they can help them adjust and help them learn maybe computer skills where they never had those before. And because with a computer, you can enlarge the font to greater size and you're able to read material that you heretofore Uh, would not have been. And also there are devices that are readers or scanners that people can put any material under and uh, can follow it and can read it. Two-thirds of the people who are visually impaired are women, and women are known as the caregivers. So I can't help but feel that there must be a ripple effect throughout a family when a woman in particular begins to become visually impaired. Do you become involved in various social aspects of what can happen within a family where the woman in particular begins to become visually impaired? It is quite a problem, but there is help because with their visual impairment, sometimes they feel insecure in cooking. As you just mentioned, Maria, usually the one that provides the meals for themselves or their spouse. Or, but uh, they can uh, come in, and we there are so many devices for that can be used in the kitchen that enable them to read the uh, the temperature settings on the oven 
to know how to uh, measure items and things. So that's very, very important. And also, it's just communication with their families. And if they can learn to use email or can uh, instant message with their grandchildren, they're very, very excited about that. And it's amazing to see the ability and the ease which seniors who have a visual problem are able to uh, learn computer skills. Does your organization do anything about the social isolation that probably affects people who are visually impaired? Well, we try to, and we do have programs for people. Uh, we uh, do have events at the Lighthouse where, uh, especially for people of lower economic status, uh, we uh, do uh, provide them with meals. We do provide breakfast and lunch for those people who are blind or visually impaired that are unable to get it on their own, although it is a problem of getting the people to the institution. But when uh, we uh, uh, are able, we do that. I want to thank Dr. Joel Kaplan, who has been our guest, and we've been discussing the Chicago Lighthouse, an institution that brings help to those who are visually impaired. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.